This is 5-Minute Friday, Emotional Burnout. Welcome back to the Super Day Science Podcast, everybody. Super excited to have you back here on the show. And today is going to be perhaps a longer than usual episode. Uh, I'd like to talk about emotional burnout. So why this topic and why now? Well, last month in August, I took a two-week break where my laptop was actually needed repairs. So I had to give it away to the Apple repair store. And um, I chose not to work from my phone and uh, just take some time off completely and switch off from all kind of work. Now, this is um, something I don't do frequently. The last time I remember doing that was the previous August of 2019. I did it for a week. And before that, um, I can't even recall when I did that. So I tend to, even when I think I'm resting, even when I think I have time off on the weekend or whenever, I still think about work. I still can go and check my emails or write down a to-do task or um, uh, do something that's urgent. And this time I didn't have my laptop and I couldn't access or I chose not to access my emails or any notifications. And for the first three days, I was craving to work. I really needed it. It felt like an addiction. And that got me wondering. And then it so happened that a good old friend YouTube recommended me a a video from a Russian psychologist on emotional burnout. And I learned quite a lot of things from there and I thought I would share them here with you because they were very valuable to me and uh, maybe they can help somebody out as well. Especially in this time of coronavirus when we, like everything's muddled. Like where is work, where is home, where is rest, when we're all working from home or um, mixing and uh, different activities and our, also our schedules are different. Things can get really muddled in this world and hopefully um, this information will be helpful to someone out there. Um, and uh, most of it comes from that video I watched. Uh, it's by a psychologist called Evgenia Streletskaya. We'll link to the uh, YouTube video in the show notes if you want to check it out. It is in Russian but it's got English subtitles and it's got an English description so you can still get a lot of value from there. And uh, some of the materials today uh, are from other sources where I wanted to dive a bit deeper. All right, emotional burnout. So what is emotional burnout? Burnout or emotional burnout is defined as the loss of meaning in one's work coupled with mental, emotional, or physical exhaustion as a result of long-term unresolved stress. So let's uh, dive into this a little bit. And before that, I want to uh, preface that saying that with a quick disclaimer, this is not medical advice. It's just some research I did. If you'd like medical advice, please see a medical professional. This is just my thoughts and opinions on this topic. Um, so um, according to the framework that I learned from the psychologist or from the video, there's four stages of emotional burnout. Stage one is addiction to work. It's when you experience enthusiasm, thinking uh, about work all the time, uh, you are preoccupied with work, and you experience some sort of some levels of acute stress so stress that comes and goes and that's totally fine that's totally normal um, to experience stress like for instance before you're uh, up on stage for a presentation or you've got an interview or something like that you feel stressed um, and then afterwards uh, that dissipates so um, this 
part uh, of emotional burnout, this first stage, is quite tricky because it feels like everything's great. It feels like you love your work. It feels like you're doing what you want to be doing. The problem is, though, here um, hides in this part where it says that you're thinking of work all the time, that you're preoccupied with work. You completely, you, or you start to negate other parts of your life, your health or your sports, your hobbies, your friends, your relationships, and other things that make a not like a in a diversified life with lots of different activities you, you focus most of your time on work you wake up thinking about work you go to bed thinking about work you're always brainstorming ideas even though you like it a lot it's taking up a lot of your life and that's a first sign that you are heading down the road of emotional burnout and the thing is a lot of people uh, will not recognize this or not see as this is a a bad thing but really um that is the way towards burning out more and uh, it's important to even recognize this stage then if you don't and if you keep pushing you slowly get to stage two which is chronic stress and chronic stress is different to acute stress is that it doesn't come and go it's always there it's predominantly present in your life and so this is the part where um, i wanted to research a bit about more about stress and this is what i found so when you experience stress your adrenal glands, which are located right above your kidneys on both sides of your body, um, they release a, a hormone called cortisol. And cortisol, apart from other things, uh, it does uh, two main things. It, it is, well, first of all, it's a flight or fight hormone, right? So it, it puts your body into a fight or flight state, or it uh, helps your body to be in a fight or flight state. Meaning that if you need to run away from a tiger or a, a lion back in the historical days, then that's when you need fight or flight. And so what cortisol does is it increases some things, some functions in your body, and it decreases other functions. For instance, it increases the amount of glucose going to your brain so you can make decisions faster, so you can think on your feet. It also increases the amount of blood going to your muscles. Um, well, from what I read, it narrows your blood vessels, so blood flows faster, and you get more blood to your muscles. So you can run faster, so your muscles can operate more efficiently. On the other hand, it suppresses certain things, or decreases them. For instance, when you're running away from a tiger, you don't really need <laughs> um, your immune system to be fighting off a virus, or a common cold, or something like that. You don't really need your digestive system in that moment because you're fighting for your survival so you don't want to be you, it's digesting food is not important uh, your reproductive system is not important your growth processes are not important so all these things get suppressed your immune system your digestive system your reproductive system your growth processes among other things and as a result of that so if it's acute if it comes and goes occasionally you have the stress totally fine but if you have this constantly if you have this chronic stress then your you're going to get sick because your immune system is suppressed. You, you're going to have stomach pains because your digestive system is suppressed. Um, you won't recover as well at night because your growth processes are suppressed. And lots of side effects will start happening. In particular, let's have a look at some of these. And these you can use as symptoms. Again, this is not medical advice, but as I understand, these could be symptoms of um, burnout stage 2 called chronic stress. So here they are. Uh, for instance, irritability, constant tiredness, hypersensitivity to loud sounds, acne, especially on your back, loss of hair, sensitive teeth, stomach pains, insomnia, anxiety, 
cravings, like for food, for sweet, for sour, for smoking, and other things. So, though that's a very simple explanation. Of course, there's a lot of hormones in the body and a lot of things happen, but that's how I understand it, that uh, this increase in, or increase in constant cortisol levels, high cortisol levels, can lead to a lot of side effects. So, those symptoms are a, a sign that maybe you might be in stage two of chronic stress, uh, in stage two of burnout called chronic stress, and something might need to be done to uh, go back to stage one and leave this whole burnout situation. If you keep pushing from there, you get to stage three called reversible exhaustion. For some people who are prone to depression, it will result in depression. It may result in depression. For some people who are prone to psychosomatics, it may result in physical illness. For some people, um, your body subconsciously will just start sabotaging your work, right? So if you need your, your hands for work, um, maybe you won't be able to lift your hands. If you need your sight, maybe you'll uh, have visual impairment. Uh, you might have memory lapses. So those are not just random things. Those are your body. They can be random things, but in some cases, that's your body just saying, okay, well, you didn't understand at stage one, you didn't understand at stage two, I'm going to take control, I'm just going to stop, I refuse to do this work because I need rest. And as a result, you become ineffective, your productivity plummets. So that's uh, some symptoms of stage three. And if you still keep pushing through that uh, stage and through those symptoms and through that state of your body, uh, you get to stage four, which is called irreversible exhaustion. At this stage, you hate your work, you hate your clients, and your reality starts morphing. For instance, if you are a programmer, uh, before uh, you observed random things in the world, for instance, how trees grow, or how birds fly, or how something happens, or how humans cross the traffic lights, and you saw algorithm, algorithm uh, similarities in that, and that was nice and cute and fun and spiked your curiosity and uh, reminded you of your job. But now you hate your job so much that when you see things like that, you see, for instance, humans as just robots, as emotionless, as just following algorithms, everything becomes like a computer code for you. And like you start seeing your work and everything in a very, very negative, cynical, detrimental way. And uh, so that's stage four, um, <laughs> the final stage of emotional burnout. So now that we have discussed these four stages, let's have a look at the ways to get out of them. So stage one, addiction to work. Uh, most people, as we, uh, as mentioned before, will choose not to get out of the stage or will not see it as important of getting out of the stage because it's fun. And, uh, but the thing is to do here, if you do want to get out of it, and these will be useful in case you're beyond stage one, if you're in stage two or three or um, four even, if you start like going backwards, back to three, back to two, back to one, eventually you'll want to get out of one as well. So that's when this can be useful. Or if you want to get out of one right away, that's also going to be uh, potentially useful um, things that you might want to consider. So uh, first one is to change your beliefs about work, right? Like, the world's not going to fall apart if you do less work. If you believe that you only get good results because you work insanely hard and all the time. If you believe that you have to do everything, you have to supervise everything, otherwise you'll be 
uh, it'll fall apart. If you believe that uh, the world will end if you stop uh, doing your work, well, those are uh, detrimental beliefs that need to be looked into. And number two is to make a conscious effort um, to focus and remember about the eight spheres of life. So there's, a, there's another framework that talks about the eight spheres of life, and work's only one of them. So um, you want to diversify your time across these eight spheres. For instance, there's work, family, friends, growth, spirituality, hobbies, rest, health. And spirituality here doesn't mean religion, it means discovering oneself. Um, so eight uh, areas of life, and you want to diversify your time across them. If your, um, uh, this, this wheel of life looks like uh, just 90% work and then two, one or 2% for the remaining ones, that's not a very diversified life and you know you're in trouble. So um, try to diversify your life and, and consciously focus and make time for these other areas of your life. Once again, they're work, family, friends, growth, spirituality, hobbies, rest, and health. And by the way, rest doesn't mean changing the activity, like going from work to sports. Rest means going to a couch, lying down and staring at the ceiling. You want those adrenal glands to calm down, you want the cortisol levels to drop off. There's like physical explanations why rest should be rest and not running into the next fight or flight situation. So that's stage one, how to get out of it. If you're in stage two in chronic stress, remember all those symptoms that come with uh, constantly functioning adrenal gland, well, constant releases of cortisol and high levels of cortisol uh, and suppressed immune system, suppressed digestive, reproductive and growth systems and processes. Well, if you're in that stage and you're experiencing those symptoms, something, things that you can do or the main thing you can do is rest. And once again, rest just means doing nothing, doing nothing or meditating. Meditating also uh, can be considered as actually as a bonus. <laughs> it's actually very useful. So daily, um, learn to recognize the things you can do daily. Learn to recognize the feeling of tiredness on a physical, emotional, or a mental level. I'm really bad at that. Uh, when I feel tired, I just push through it, and that's not good. So when you feel tired, when your body is telling you you're tired, and you'll know, you'll know that feeling. Yeah, like for me, it's like a, a wave of uh, like a shiver, a cold shiver goes up up my chest, and uh, it may happen for like three or two or three minutes until it subsides. Well, that's a sign for me to go rest. Um, then when you recognize that, go and rest. Uh, also have some in, an information blockade. For instance, after a certain time of the day, just switch off your communications. Don't go on email, switch off Slack, switch off uh, whatever other communications you use for work and make sure you're not going to be checking them um, and maybe until a certain time in the morning. And bonus meditation, that's also very helpful. Um, that's daily, weekly, uh, have two days per week or at least one day where you completely don't do any work, don't check any messages, any emails, try to not even think about work. Two days is beneficial, preferable, that's why we have the weekend, because it takes sometimes, some time to wind down from work, even uh, like get it out of your head. Um, and focus on the other seven spheres of your life in the meantime. Um, book some time with, uh, to call a friend or to do a hobby or to uh, grow and educate yourself, or discover yourself, some, something that is completely unrelated to work. Uh, full, fill up those other seven buckets of your life. Uh, monthly, what you can do is, for a few days in a row, take some rest. For instance, go camping, hiking if you can. Of course, with this coronavirus, it's much harder. But take, some, take those two, or maybe even three, if there's a bank holiday, or if you want to take a day off, take 
some additional time off, just a bit more than you do weekly. Then on a yearly day, uh, level, take at least four weeks off. Of course, uh, it all depends on your company vacation policy, but if you can take at least four weeks off, so that's either one week per quarter or two weeks, two times a year or a whole month off, to really rest, recharge, and don't take your laptop with you. Whatever you do, just stay away from it. So that can get you out of stage two. Stage three is reversible exhaustion. Um, and that's the one where your body starts to sabotage what you're doing, or you might start feeling depression, on, onset of depression, or uh, you might start getting physical illnesses. In any case, your productivity is going to be dropping. So the solution proposed by the psychologist here is to take a sabbatical, to take time off for an undefined peer, undefined length, undefined period of time. So usually it's about three to six months, but it can be more. But the key is that when you take it off, you don't say three months or six months. You just take it off until you're ready to come back. So you take a sabbatical and you go do something completely different and you forget about this profession, this, this work for a period of time to let yourself recover and rest, to get yourself out of that constant fight or flight and stress. Um, and it's hard to do. Of course, if uh, your livelihood depends on your profession. But the bad thing is if you keep pushing through stage three, you get to stage four, irreversible exhaustion. And the only solution, the only way to get out of that one, according to this, again, psychologist, is um, by changing your whole profession. You're not going to see your profession in the same way as you did it when you were starting out. It's always going to haunt you. It's always going to morph into your reality. And the only way, unfortunately, is to completely change your profession. Once again, um, this is just my interpretation of that video. We'll link to it in the show notes. Of course, do your own research. But that, that's true. That's a very sad outcome. And one great example that uh, she gave in the video was the show um, True Detective, season one, with Matthew McConaughey and uh, uh, Woody Harrelson. So if you haven't seen the show, I... Uh, you might want to pause here, but I will try not to give anything away. Um, it's a great show. And uh, it's got parallel storylines, so I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying this. But basically, the transformation of the main character played by Matthew McConaughey from the start of the show to the end, whatever it was, episode 10 or 12, um, how at the start, you can see that he's kind of stressed. Yeah, but like he loves his job. He investigates crime he's a detective and um he's probably like in stage one or two of his uh burnout towards the end of this show and again these storylines are parallel so you actually see this quite early on um he is so far into burnout he is definitely at stage four of burnout he sees criminals and crime everywhere he looks his reality completely morphs uh he is always paranoid about everything He's definitely at stage four burnout. So if you've seen the show, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, when you watch it, just observe that. You, you will witness, and he plays it absolutely brilliantly. You'll see for yourself what stage four of burnout looks like. And we definitely don't want to get there. Nobody wants to get there. So um, to sum up, just make sure you get enough rest. I guess that's the biggest advice or takeaway for me from here, like after watching a video for the past few weeks, I've been starting to do this, that every day I allocate 
I try to allocate 30 minutes, and I've been quite successful in doing this most days of the week, where I just go and do nothing, or maybe like about half days of the week I've been successful doing this, where I go and just do nothing. I just lie down and I stare at the ceiling, or I switch on Andy Puricom's, um Headspace app, and uh, he has one about, uh, like any, any one of his um, sequences is pretty cool. I switch it on and I meditate but lying down and that helps me either meditate or fall asleep and basically just think about nothing and actually helps uh, remove thoughts. Meditation gives you techniques how to um, make, uh, well, uh, observe your thoughts rather than get caught up in them. And it's been extremely surprisingly effective in the sense that after 30 minutes like that or an hour, whatever it ends up being, um, once I stand up, I, I actually feel recharged, I feel rested. And that's a very cool feeling that I'm enjoying a lot and I wish for you to um, experience frequently as well. So there we go. Um, thank you very much. Uh, you can find the show notes at superdayscience.com slash the number of this episode if you'd like to learn more. And I wish you to um, stay out of emotional burnout and have a very uh, enjoyable, diversified life. On that note, thanks for being here today and I look forward to seeing you next time. Till then, happy analyzing.